This is the fifth message in our series. Uh, in the series, we're identifying the spiritual principle uh, behind each of the commandments and how, how that principle enhances our relationship with God. And remember, God didn't give us the Ten Commandments as a list of do's and don'ts uh, that make it more difficult for us to know God and serve Him. God gives us the Ten Commandments as, as a way that we can draw close to Him, grow near to Him, and know Him better. So if we're born again, we've received the Holy Spirit, uh, we can live out the righteous uh, requirement or the righteousness of each principle uh, shared in the commandments. Under grace and with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can draw closer to God. So today we're going to focus on the principle that's revealed in the fourth commandment, and I'm going to read that here in uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember, in other words, keep it holy Keep that day separate from other days. Holy means separate. So keep that day holy, separate from other days. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it, or made it holy. So we're not saved, obviously, by obeying the commandments. However, there is a blessing when we observe the commandments, and we keep the commandments, and likewise, there are consequences that we can experience if we fail to observe the commandments. You know, it amazes me how many Christians feel like it's okay to keep nine out of the Ten Commandments. As long as I keep nine, that's good. For example, we, we believe that we should have no other gods. We believe that we should not have, we shouldn't serve idols. Uh, we should not take the Lord's name in vain. We ought to honor our parents. We should not steal. We should not lie. We should not commit murder. Uh, we should not commit adultery. Uh, we should not covet. So if we believe that we should keep those nine commandments, why are we exempt from upholding the, the, the fourth commandment or the tenth one? And that is that we should honor or keep the Sabbath. The spiritual principle we find revealed in the fourth commandment is rest. So why does God want us to rest? Now I'm just give you two things this morning about that. Number one, it gives God the opportunity to provide for us supernaturally. It gives God the opportunity to provide for us supernaturally. Remember, after God freed Israel from slavery, that nation lived a, kind of a nomadic lifestyle for 40 years in the desert. And they, they wandered around the desert. Of course, in the desert, there's, there's not much to eat. And you have a nation of people that needs to be sustained. And God sustains the, the nation of Israel with man, of course, of course, which is bread from heaven. And God gave Israel the following instructions when it as it concerns the gathering of manna, I'm going to look at Exodus chapter 16, verse 23. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains not to be kept until morning. So they laid up till morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink, nor were there any worms. Remember, God had instructed Israel previously as it, as it relates to the gathering of manna. They were supposed to manna, receive manna or gather manna 
what they needed for the day. They weren't supposed to gather too much. They weren't supposed to have any leftovers. Just gather all the manna that you need per day. And if they, if they overgathered or if there were, there were leftovers, it would spoil overnight. And what God wants them to do is to trust him to be their daily source. And so in this instance, uh, when before the Sabbath, God says this. Now, the day before the Sabbath, he instructs them to go out and gather enough for two days. God did not want them to work for their food on the Sabbath. He wanted them to rest, and he wanted to sustain them through that rest. And this is what goes on to say in verse 25. Then Moses said, eat that, de- eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. So if you go out on the Sabbath looking for manna, you're not going to find it. Six days you shall gather, but on the seventh, the Sabbath day, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my law? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you the six-day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And God is saying this to us. He, he wants to provide for us in six days and that we can rest on the seventh day and he will provide for us. Now, God can do more in six days than we can ever do in seven days if we honor the Sabbath. Deuteronomy chapter 5, God shares some additional information with the children of Israel as they observe this commandment. I'm going to share that here. Verse 12, it says, Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not work. You shall you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that your male and female servants may rest as well as you. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from them by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So Israel was it's obviously enslaved prior, and they never, you know, slaves don't receive a day off. And God is reminding Israel that they're no longer slaves. Likewise, under grace, we're no longer slaves to sin. In fact, you know, in this world, we, we sometimes are slaves to our schedules. We're slaves to our appointments. We're, we're slaves to our chores. We're, we're slaves to whatever we can be enslaved to. And God wants us to trust him for supernatural provision. You remember, he can do more with six days than we can in seven. You know, if you really want to draw some parallels, especially for those, those of you who trust the Lord in the area of giving in you tithe, listen, if God can sustain you financially by giving the tithe, then why can't we trust him to sustain us in six days rather than seven? I'm going to share this. This is really inf- some really cool information. The average fast food restaurant nearly gross in gross sales will gross nearly two million dollars per year. That's nationwide. So in gross sales, uh, fast food restaurant uh, national change averages around two million dollars per per day or per year in sales, gross sales. And Sunday is the highest grossing day for all major fast food uh, restaurants except for one. 
And obviously we know it's Chick-fil-A because they're closed on Sunday. Now Chick-fil-A averages $4.4 million per restaurant, gross sales per year. It's the average. And the company does more in six days than other restaurants do on the seventh day. And they can really validate themselves and say, you know what, there's a lot of business to be gained on Sunday. If we were open on Sunday, we could make a lot more money. So why is Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday? And if you know the story, Kathy had made a decision back in 1946 when he opened his first restaurant that they were going to be closed on Sunday. And here's a quote. You can go right to the Chick-fil-A website, and this is what it says. It says, having worked seven days a week in restaurants open 24 hours, Truett saw the importance of closing on Sunday so that he and his employees could set aside one day to rest enjoy time with their families and loved ones, or worship if they chose. A practice we uphold to to, to today. So for those who labor seven days a week, we have a business model that's based on Scripture that really challenges us to work six days and rest on the seventh. Again, God can do more in six days if we'll observe the Sabbath by resting one day per week. So why does God want us to rest? Not only does he want to provide for us supernaturally, but it gives us an opportunity to uh, be refreshed. And look at this, Exodus 31, 12. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout the generations as a perpetual covenant. So it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. And remember, we're grafted into this. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. Now, we are not under the law. I'm not trying to put us under the law. But there are some principles we ought to recognize here. And thank God we're not under the law because some of us would be dead today, including myself. Remember, the rainbow is a sign. It's a perpetual sign that God has made a covenant not to destroy the earth again by a flood. And likewise, observing the Sabbath is a perpetual sign. It's a perpetual sign that that differentiates the people of God from the rest of the world. And, you know, Chick-fil-A has done more to be a witness than than most Christians do around our nation. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I remember my first encounter with a Chick-fil-A on Sunday. I didn't realize it. Why are they closed on Sunday? Everybody else is open on Sunday. How many people have went to Chick-fil-A and they don't know their story and Googled the story? Why are they closed on Sunday? Because it's a witness. It's a testimony. It's what differentiates them from other restaurants. So when Israel entered into the promised land, they had nations around them. And they observed the Sabbath. And that differentiated them from other nations. Can you imagine being in another nation doing business with Israel on Sunday? You go through their borders, it's like, where's everybody at? Everything's closed. They're closed on Sunday. It it made a difference. It was a nation that they said, we're going to trust the Lord. The rest of the world labors for seven days. We're We're not slaves to this world. We're different from this world. Our God gives us rest, and he will provide for us. 
So no other nation took a day off except for Israel. And God reveals himself to his people when they observe the Sabbath. It testifies to his power to provide. Uh, Exodus 31, 17. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. God rested and was refreshed. Think about that. God himself rested and was refreshed. I thought about that, that phrase, refreshed. He rested and was refreshed. And I thought about Psalms 121, my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber or sleep. So God does not sleep or slumber, yet we read in Scripture that he was refreshed. And if we look at the original language, we'll see that word refresh in Hebrew simply means this, to take a breath. You ever heard that phrase? I just need to take a breath. I'm tired. I need to take a breath. You need to be refreshed. So this is how God created. How, how did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke. He gives out breath. He's, he speaks things into existence. He doesn't have to take stuff that's already made. He creates them. He creates existence himself. He speaks, and when you speak, you use breath. Let there be light. You're, you're bringing out breath. So how does God rest? He stops breathing out, and he breathes in. He's refreshed. You know, if God rested and was refreshed, why are we exempt? There are consequences if we don't rest. There are consequences if we don't rest. And by the way, I'm preaching this to myself. In the book of Numbers, a man was found gathering sticks. And he was gathering sticks because he wanted to make a fire, but unfortunately it was on the Sabbath. As a result, this man is, he's essentially arrested, held trial, and they kill him. They stone him. Now, in the Old Testament, they put to death people who committed adultery, murder, children who rebelled against their parents. Next time your children rebel, tell them, I brought you in this world, I can take you out of this world. And those who broke the Sabbath. Now, why is breaking the Sabbath on par with murder? And, you know, we don't have, really have time to get into the weeds to that, but we ought to understand this. There's a principle God is trying to communicate here at least a principle. And we can look at the example and conclude that this, this principle is pretty important. You know, some of us are killing ourselves by not resting, by not observing the Sabbath. How many people in our nation are on medication or in the hospital or, frankly, are in the grave prematurely because they would not rest? And those people will and would give you a million reasons why and justify themselves why they can't rest. Listen to the scripture concerning the banishment of the Jews after the Babylonians invaded and removed them from the land. Remember, prior Israel were slaves in Egypt. God brought them out, gives them the promised land. They're there for a number of years. They continue to disobey God, and then God allows finally Israel to be invaded and taken away in the north. And then lastly, Judah in the south was, was taken away captive uh, by the Babylonians. And this is 2 Chronicles 36, 19. Then they burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned its palaces with fire, and destroyed all of its precious possessions. 
<clears throat> and those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him. This is speaking of Nebuchadnezzar. And his sons until the rule of the king, kingdom of Persia. Verse 21. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath. The land enjoyed her Sabbaths. Look at that. Until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Every year, Israel was required to allow their land to rest. Out of seven years, there was one year they had to allow their fields to rest by the word of the Lord. Now, that didn't mean that all the fields were rest one year altogether. They could, they could stagger them. That wasn't the idea. But the idea was if you had a field or you had fields, you worked those fields for seven years, one year you allow that field to rest. And that was the principle, God, that the, the, the land also Sabbath. So God instructed Israel to work the land for six years, but at some point in, that, in a seven-year period, they needed to let the land rest. If you do the math, Israel disobeyed God for 490 years. 490 years they refused to allow the land to rest. And God allowed Israel to be invaded, which resulted in the land being desolate for 70 years. In 70 years, no one plowed the land to make up for those 490 years of disobedience. At some point, though, Israel must have thought this. They disobeyed God, and there was still a harvest. They planted, there were crops, there was harvest. And they did it again, and they did it again, and they did it again. They continued to plant and have harvest. Now, God gave a commandment not to do that, but they have provision. God's blessing them, it seems like. You know how many times we can get into this place where we're doing... We're doing the wrong thing, but we're being blessed and we think it's okay? That's not the case. Listen, if, if you justify yourself or if you think in your mind that just because things are going good that you must be doing the right thing, you're going to have a difficult time understanding God, especially when things aren't going right. Because that's not how you gauge your relationship with God. That's not how you gauge when things are good. When things are good, I must be doing the right thing. When things are bad, I'm doing the wrong thing. That's completely out of line with Scripture. If you have a business and it's doing good, you might conclude that I must be doing the right thing. But if you're not Sabbath, you have to be careful here. If you're not observing the Sabbath, there's, there's, there's going to be a problem. And may I remind you, when it comes to, to the goodness of God, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. But unfortunately, we're often hard-headed, and we don't receive the goodness of God. We continue to take advantage of the goodness of God, and then God finally says, listen, the goodness part isn't working. So maybe we just, I need to back off here and allow them to kind of suffer or experience their choices, the decisions that they're making. You ever had that happen in your life with God? God finally, he's showing you goodness and mercy. Finally he goes, you know what? You're making the choices. I'm going to allow you to reap those choices, the benefits of your choices. How many times have we ignored the goodness of God ourselves? God finally comes to that place where he's like, Let's, the, the object is to bring repentance. So Israel was taken away from the land God gave them. They were enslaved again for 70 years so the land could rest. Now, if God is that concerned about land, how much more is he concerned about our soul? There are consequences if we refuse to observe the Sabbath. There are consequences when we overwork. I'm going to go a step further. We overwork when we over worry and we overstress. 
The, remember, this, and why I can make that leap is very easy. The Sabbath principle is rest. It's rest. There are consequences if we refuse to observe the Sabbath. Overwork, worrying, adding unnecessary stress will make you sick. It'll put you in the hospital and sometimes again in an early grave. You know, just do this. When you get home, don't do it now. Google this phrase, stress-induced heart attack. Give you another one, stress-induced stroke. Those aren't made-up medical terms. Those, those are acute situations, okay? And you obviously know how they can end. These are consequences to worry, to stress, and to overwork. God is trying to give us a gift. He's trying to give us a day off. Why are we refusing God's gift? I can't tell you how many people I've known through the years who have become sick, they've been admitted to the hospital, and they say, well, God, why am I sick? Why, why is this happening to me? And God has simply just given you the outcome of your decisions. If you want to overwork, overstress, overworry, don't blame God for the consequences. But there are blessings as well when we choose to rest. Look at Mark chapter 2, verse 23. This is Jesus now. Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. <clears throat> and the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, and he and those with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, the ceremonial bread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest, and also gave some to those who were with him. Jesus said this to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. God didn't make the Sabbath for, for himself. God made the Sabbath for you and I. And this is a very simple truth, and we just read this. It, there's so much confusion, so much bickering sometimes with Christians over the Sabbath. But if they just read this, they would finally get the principle, the idea behind it. The, we're not made to serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath is made to serve us. But we've got folks that got that all backwards. I'm sure you've ran into those folks before. The Sabbath is on Saturday. I just shared with you a conversation Jesus had with Pharisees concerning the Sabbath recorded in the Gospel of Mark. They had it all messed up. Here's some, uh, just an additional in the, in the uh, Gospel of Matthew, same conversation, but Matthew has one more sentence that he adds in. Here it is in verse 5. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? See, if we abide by the letter of law, no work. No work, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, whatever day it is. No work on Saturday, let's say, for example. But this is the day the Jews Sabbath. This is the day the Jews also worshiped at the temple or would or could worship at the temple. The priests were paid because that was their job. But their work, they're working on the Sabbath. Creates a bit of a problem, doesn't it? It does, if you want to go by the letter of the law, impose your letter of the law upon the Scripture. But the, God is the one ordained ministry at the temple, but yet he's the one that instituted the Sabbath. God doesn't create any contradiction. We're creating the contradiction because we're not understanding because the principle is rest. 
It's not the day, it's rest on a day. The same God who created the Sabbath also called these priests to minister on the Sabbath. Doesn't seem like a contradiction, again, if you just go by the spirit of the law. People who say the Sabbath is Saturday, we should only worship on Saturday, are incorrect. First of all, remember, we are not under the law, we are under grace. Now, if you want to go back under the law, that's your business. But you're going to have to earn your salvation, you're going to have to forget everything Jesus has done for you. I'll take grace rather than trying to earn my salvation, I don't know about you. Because when I read in the, at the end, when we're judged, those who stand before the Lord without Christ and are judged by their works, they don't, it doesn't end well for them. No one is justified. Jesus said the law brings death, but the Spirit gives life. So first of all, we're not under grace or under the law, we're under grace. And secondly, for priests and let's say pastors who work on the Sabbath, they aren't resting, so when are they going to rest? So if you do that, you have to create a day separate for them. And by doing so, you actually open the door back up for the principle, which is rest. Because the day isn't important. It's a day of rest, not the day of rest. And this is what Jesus was trying to, to get this, the Pharisees to understand. If you go by the letter of law, the priests are breaking it. The priests are, are, are profaning the Sabbath because they're working on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day of rest. If you make the Sabbath about a specific day, you're missing the purpose of the Sabbath. You know, we can become so legalistic about the Sabbath that we say we rest on Saturday. Let's say we go to church on Saturday, but well, then we'll cause people to violate the Sabbath. Think about this. Let's say people who are Sabbath purists, I don't know what you want to call them, Sabbath Saturday people, and the Sabbath is only on Saturday, they cannot go and turn on their lights. They cannot turn on their air conditioning. They, they can't drive their car because they're going to call someone to break the Sabbath. Here's what I mean. If you go and flip on your light switch, somebody's working. Do you understand? Someone works at the utility company. They all don't go home on Saturday. If, you have a, if we have a power outage today, someone's going to show up and work on Saturday, Sunday. Whatever day it is you call, they're going to show up to work. My point is, if you take advantage of those utilities, you're causing someone to work. Aren't you causing someone then to profane the Sabbath? Aren't you just as bad as them profaning the Sabbath? You see what I'm saying? You get in the weeds in this, and you become so legalistic that you miss the principle, the purpose, which is just rest, a day of rest. You know, we're grateful as Americans because most of us have a five-day work week. The Jews had a situation where they were, worked six days, and had one day off. And they were blessed and they were grateful for that. Most of us have two days off. Not all of us, but some. Most. And for those of us who have two days off, we work five days, and one of those days is Sunday, you should be in church. And if I have to explain why, that's why you need to be in church, okay? Sunday isn't the Sabbath, nor is Saturday the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day to rest. Now, if your day of rest is Sunday, you still need to come to church. That's not your out. Well, Sunday is my day of rest, so I don't come to church. This ain't work for you, by the way. And you could just say, well, I had to get my car, I had to bring my kids. You are blessed to be able to do that, okay? Some of you may rest on Saturday because you have two days off. Praise God, you should do that. 
But, but listen, that doesn't exempt you from going to church to Sunday. But we should all pick a day to Sabbath. Every one of us, not, not one of us are exempt. And we should protect that day with commitment. Okay, if we, again, I'm going to go back to the, the commandments. Should, we should not murder. We should not worship idols. We should not worship any other gods, so on and so forth. And we should be committed to those, correct? To keeping those. Not because we have to, because we should want to, because we're saved. Because we understand they're important. But what if someone asked you to, to work on the Sabbath? Why did this ask you to go sleep with their wife? Or someone else's wife? Why not? What's the difference? And you wouldn't do it. So why do we think it's okay to break the Sabbath, the purpose of the Sabbath? Which again, God is trying to give you rest. He's just trying to give you rest. You know, murder will have different consequences. And I think that's why we think it's okay. But there are consequences when we don't Sabbath, when we don't rest. Our refusal to honor the Sabbath will directly affect your relationship with God. Remember, all Ten Commandments help us to know God better, to serve Him. And all ten have consequences if we neglect them. Some of you may have jobs like mine where a lot of the burden rests on you. And you can justify yourself working every day. If you don't work, if you don't do it, it won't get done. And if you don't get done, you don't get paid. So what we're saying is this, God, it's okay for me to gather manna on the Sabbath. I want to share the commandment again, just show you there, there isn't an escape clause here for any of us. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger, who is within your gates. And by the way, if you ever want to look at the modern day uh, Jew, how they observe the Sabbath, it is not Saturday morning. They start on Friday evening, actually, and they go into Saturday evening. There's a 24-hour period. Even they themselves understand it's just a 24-hour period of rest and relaxation. Often they eat like three times and they go to church. I call it church, but I know it's not church. They'll play games. They, just, they, they have leisure activities. I think they might have something. God created the Sabbath for man. God did not give us the Sabbath as a rule to make our lives more difficult. He's doing just the opposite. He's trying to give us a benefit, rest. If we honor the Sabbath, he will, it will benefit us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically for sure. It allows you to be fully present with God if you rest. Fully present with your family. You know, I, I've I've been in ministry for 26 years plus, and unless I go on vacation, I've never had a Saturday and Sunday off. Never, because of virtue of the job, the ministry. And so I, before I was in, a senior pastor, I had a much better job at Sabbath because it was giving me a day off, and I took it. But can I tell you this? Even though I've become a senior pastor and much of the burden now is on me, I can still choose the Sabbath if I want to. And again, you can justify and be in a different position, say, well, I can't, but you can, because God allows you to. There's nothing wrong with worshiping and resting on a Sunday. That fulfills the purpose of the Sabbath. Colossians 12, 16. So let no one judge you 
in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. The fulfillment is in Christ. And that's where we'll ultimately find our rest is in Christ. When people say we don't need to keep the Sabbath because we're under grace, they're not correct. God is trying to save you from being sick, diseased, worn down, broken. He's trying to save your marriage. He's trying to save so you have more quality time with your children and your grandchildren because you could be dead. But it's up to us to take the opportunity he's given us, the rest that he's offering us. If God can provide for Israel in the desert six days and have them restless, why can't he do the same with you and I? But it's up to us to take the opportunity he's given us, and that's rest. God can and will supply for us supernaturally if we put him first, honor the Sabbath. 